0: In this episode of Lawyer Business Advantage, I have a conversation with Kirsten Howe, president of Absolute Trust Council, a boutique estate planning firm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Kirsten may be humble, but she's a marketing whiz. Kirsten discusses how her practices evolved from corporate work to estate planning, trust, and probate to new growing niches in the estate planning field. Along the way, you'll hear her perspectives on marketing for introverts, and using a team-based approach to marketing. Hear Kirsten's stories, get some great ideas, and supercharge your marketing. Coming up now on Lawyer Business Advantage. Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, your source for biz dev tips, wisdom, and inspiration. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik. We're unleashing your inner rainmaker in three, Two, one, and I'm very pleased to welcome to the show, Kirsten Howe, President of Absolute Trust Council. Kirsten, welcome.
1: Thank you, Alay. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you here and to have such a veteran podcaster uh, with us here today. Uh, thanks a lot for so, taking the time.
1: I'm happy to do it. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm honored.
0: And I'm flattered. We can go on like this for like an we hour. Can do it, Yeah. <laughs> So I'm really familiar with your practice. We've known each other for a long time, but uh, for a lot of our listeners, may not be as familiar with what you do. So before we get into things, just tell us, our, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your practice.
1: Okay. Um, so I am an attorney. I'm an estate planning attorney, and my law firm is exclusively dedicated to estate planning and those kinds of matters. My law firm, Absolute Trust Counsel. So we do wills and trusts, probates, trust administrations. We do special needs planning and we also do uh, government benefits planning for long-term care. And we are located in Walnut Creek. I've been in Walnut Creek for, mm, let's see, I'm just going to say over 20 years. I don't want to put a number on it. And I've been an attorney for a really long time. Let's just say that. Um, Always in, um, almost always in Walnut Creek, I guess. Most of my career has been out here in Walnut Creek. I started out as a business lawyer and then um, gradually made the shift over to the estates and trust world.
0: Well, in Walnut Creek, California, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's a bit of a bedroom community. So... Uh, There's a lot of uh, you know an aging population and a lot of people um, That are you know that have a a real need for estate planning and elder care Kirsten as as we've known each other I've always known you as an estate planning attorney and I'd love to hear about um, What it was that made you make the transition from being a business attorney to an estate planning attorney.
1: Sure Um, The business work that I did I was working with small companies you know, usually a company that has one or two or three owners, and we would be their general counsel. They're companies that are too, too small to have a legal department mm-hmm. in-house. Um, so we did everything they needed or found another attorney who could do the thing that we couldn't do. But, And I enjoyed that because working with a owner of a small business, you're working usually with the decision maker, as opposed to, you know, working with a department head within a giant corporation. And so I really like that personal kind of interaction. And um, I, well, honestly, I was asked by one of my business clients to review a trust that had been in her family for many years, and she didn't understand it. And so I read it. And I kind of mapped out for her everything that she needed to know about this trust and what was going to happen mm-hmm. and when things were going to happen. Um, and I really enjoyed that project. and so i it was it happened to be at the time of the um, Terry Schiavo matter, which you and your listeners yeah. may remember in yeah. Florida, the woman whose family was arguing over her care. Um, she was in a coma and did not have an advanced healthcare directive. So anyway, in that context, we decided to reach out to all of our business clients and say, hey, you need to take care of this problem. If you don't have a healthcare directive, you need to take care of this. And that resulted in some estate planning work coming to me. And so then I had to hurry up and learn how to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, and I just loved it. I, I It's in a way similar to working with small businesses, but it's even more personal and intimate. And I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, You get to know your clients in a very personal way. They tell you things that they can't tell anybody else in their family sometimes. Um, So, so uh, over time, I gradually stopped doing the business work and because um, I had too much of the estate planning work to do. And,
0: right. You and had to like ultimately to choose what you wanted to do. And you were getting a lot of satisfaction out of actually you know, helping people. with
1: Exactly. Success. Exactly. And you, you, I believe that you can only do a few things really well and you can't spread yourself too thin in terms of expertise. And so I've really felt I had to let go of one or the other. And I, let go of the business work. So I'm not a business lawyer anymore. Although I understand about businesses. So, business owners who come to me for estate planning, that's kind of an, a little added feature as I get, they're talking to an attorney who understands what they're up
0: to. You know, that is so interesting because we hear about, you know, specialize, specialize, specialize. And you just mentioned it here on the call it's, it's impossible to do everything well. But yet, if you have a diverse background in different areas of the law, or tax, or business, I've yet to meet an attorney who who can't deploy that diverse experience to the benefit of their clients. It really helps.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's very true. Um, I get once in a while I get a referral from another estate planning attorney, one of my colleagues who um, understands that there's a some business entanglement within the estate and they really don't feel comfortable handling that. It's still estate work or estate administration work, but they just don't feel comfortable because of the the business being involved in it. So um yeah, so you draw on we all do. We draw on all of our experience to help our clients.
0: Now you've sort of moved from marketing as as kind of I'll just say generic estate planning to really talking about some of the specialized services that you provide for your clients in terms of special needs trust planning, Medi-Cal planning, and other things. What was it that made you decide to to stop emphasizing the estate planning part, which is somewhat generic, and really get more specialized and focused in those areas?
1: Well, um, as you mentioned a little earlier, you know, Walnut Creek is is a bedroom community. We have an aging population. And... So there is lots of estate planning happening and therefore there are lots of estate planners and I can distinguish myself as an estate planner. I believe I'm, I'm very good at what I do and I have a team that's very good at what they do. But um, it's still, you know, you're still one of many, many, many. And (laughs) if you can find some, way to really truly distinguish yourself by pointing to perhaps something that you do that very few other people do. Um, That's an advantage, I think, in the marketplace. And so with that in mind, and also just seeing such a need for those particular subspecialties that you were talking about, the special needs planning, most estate planning attorneys, I would venture to say, don't do that um, because it requires a level of knowledge of a whole other body of law, and that's the government benefits law. So most estate planning attorneys stay in that what you call the generic kind of lane. And that's a perfectly fine place to be. Um, But I, I just saw a lot of need and not enough people doing that particular work. And, you know, I mean, we didn't used to really understand about special needs maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. It's yeah. become a much more prominent, prevalent um, situation for families. Um, so there's that. And then with the the cal the long-term care uh, benefits planning, it's kind of the same thing. It's just become such a huge population of people who need help with that. Um, and I, for a while, I was referring all those cases to other attorneys, and there really weren't a whole lot of choices for me to refer people to. And I was not happy with doing that because I just didn't know. You know, I didn't know the quality. I didn't know if those people knew what they were doing. I just knew that they said they were doing it. Yeah. And after a while, I it just... I just kind of decided, all right, this is going to be a lot of work to learn how to do this, but I am—I have to do it, <laughs> I have to learn it, because there's so many people who need it, and I wanted to be confident that if I'm sending my clients to somebody, it's going to get done right. I don't know what that says about me, but... That mostly thing. good things. <laughs> I, I guess I maybe I'm a little too, uh, I don't know. My standards are too high or my nose is up in the air too much. You know, nobody else can do it as good as I can. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I hope that's not how it's coming across, but it might be.
0: It's definitely not because you have a team. So clearly um, it's not all about you and what you can do.
1: No, oh, it no,
0: it seems like um, a couple of things were happening. The, the first is you looked probably at Bar Association meetings and looked around the room and saw there were a lot of estate planning attorneys and realized that even though you're really good at marketing, which we'll get to in a minute, there were opportunities maybe to distinguish yourself. And you were thinking about how you could do that. And I don't know if you made this choice deliberately or not, but looking back on it, it certainly seems like a brilliant move because, you know, special needs. Special needs planning is a growing area. Uh, Medi-Cal yep. planning is a growing area. And both of them were underserved at the time. Yep. And, and you were referring out a lot of work for those two things. So you decided, all right, well, I'm going invest to invest in myself, take the time it takes to ramp up on these things. And then now I have two growing areas of the law that are relatively you know, underserved, even more underserved than estate planning. <laughs> and right. boom, there you go.
1: Yeah, you, you summed it up perfectly, much more eloquently <laughs> than I could. Well, That's I had the exactly benefit right. of listening
0: to it for the first time. <laughs> so
1: it was <laughs> easy for me. <laughs> but, it, and, you know,
0: connecting those dots in reverse, it it was a very smart move. So congrats on, on recognizing that and then pursuing it.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: And throughout, you know, the whole time I've known you, I know business development has been something that you've done uh, really well. And even before I met you, people were talking to me about how great you were at business development. <clears throat> at what point did you realize in your, in your law career, at what point did you realize that business development would be a skill that was critical to your success?
1: Um, well, when I, when I was working as a business lawyer back toward the beginning of my career, I was working as uh, an associate for another attorney. So it was his law firm. And I wasn't worried about that at all. You know, I just did the work that he spoon-fed to me. He, he was the one who had to worry about getting new clients. But when I started doing the estate planning, that was I was developing that on my own. And, you know, really pretty much right in the beginning, it became clear to me that, um, you know, it's a very transactional type of practice.
0: Right. You always need to be bringing in new clients. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. You get a client, you, they're your client for some short period of time. Maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's six weeks, maybe it's six months, but then they're done. The project is done and they go away. They may come back to you five years down the road when they need more work, but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you can't rely upon that. There is no real um, continuing source of revenue in my Practice area. Yeah, I realized very early on that business development was going to be a big part of my job.
0: So that was when you decided to become an estate planning attorney, is when you got in, got involved with that. Really, in my work with attorneys, I've heard so many of them say that, and it's almost verbatim. You know, Ale, I'm I'm an introverted person. I just, you know, I don't really like marketing and networking and schmoozing and And so I don't do very well at business development.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, that's their belief. And so they need to be disabused of that, I suppose. But um, I mean, you know, introverted means you don't really um, get energy from being around other people. Other people and having to do those kinds of things, the smoothing and what have you, is exhausting. And I'm the same way. I'm an introverted person. But I would say that you have to do it. You have to do marketing. That's the bottom line. You have to do marketing. You just have to figure out a way to do it that works for you. And, you know, not everybody has to do everything. There are many, many, many different marketing tools that you can pull out of your quiver and use
0: um,
1: and you just have to pick the the handful or you know you have to load up your tool belt with whatever works for you
0: <clears throat> what have what have been some of the things that have worked for you as a, as an introvert
1: <laughs> well I as an introvert as a I don't like to be the center of attention I don't want that like when I walk into a room full of people who are networking you know that to me is horrifying i don't want to have to walk up to a group of people who are standing around having a good time with each other and just kind of bust into that conversation that's not me at all i i what's happening in my head is oh i can't i don't want to impose on anybody i i just want to you know be respectful and all that stuff so you know networking meetings networking groups you're missing out on an opportunity if you don't take advantage of those things um so one of the things that i did early on i you and i were talking a little earlier before we turned the mics on about my estate planning council which is an organi- it's it's a professional organization mm-hmm. for continuing education but it has a networking component to it and i in very early I was a brand new estate planning attorney. I didn't know a dang thing about estate planning, but I knew I should be going to those meetings and i was I was just so intimidated and sometimes I would sign myself up for the meeting, pay for it, and just not show up at the last minute because I oh, couldn't no. do it. you know I just like <laughs> I can't go. I don't know those people. I'll walk in. They don't want to talk to me and so what i but what i can do i am i am very good at um talking to people one-on-one i'm very comfortable with that it's what my job entails and i i can do that so what i started doing is inviting a guest to come with me to all meetings so my guest and i would walk into the meeting and i am able to bust into a group and say hey have you met my guest And introduce my guest, And then we start a conversation that way. So that was just a a tiny little trick. But A, it made me go to the meeting because I've invited this other person to go. I can't can't back out. (laughs) And it was just a much easier way for me to um, walk into that cold room, you know, where I don't know anybody else.
0: What Um, a fantastic tip. Yeah, bringing somebody with you. It's accountability and it's also support.
1: Right. And it exposes them. You know, it's a nice thing to do for them. I wasn't bringing, you know, a, a house painter or a jewelry maker. <laughs> I was bringing someone who really should also be a member of that group. So I was doing a good thing for them. And that's another piece of the answer, perhaps, to your question, you know, what as an introvert, um, what has worked for me Um doing things that are beneficial to other people. You know, education marketing is a a good example of that. You want to be always writing. One of the things I do started way in the beginning is writing a blog. And way in the beginning, I was writing a blog and posting three blog posts a week. And then we've since backed off a little bit. I just do one a week. But um, So, you know, providing something of value to people. I I don't like for myself to do marketing that just says, Hey, here I am, look at me. Um, it's gotta be like this is something that I think is going to be helpful to you and I'm I'm sending this out to you, or I'm putting this on my website for you, or I'm, you know, recording this podcast that I think you you could benefit from listening to. So that's another thing that makes the introvert in me a little more comfortable
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny there's uh there are two introverts on the show today one being you and <laughs> the other being me and i i coach a lot of people who are introverts as well
1: yeah and the
0: one thing they have in common with all their marketing is they're all very different in the case of some introverts they're actually much more comfortable up on stage than they are one-on-one yeah
1: That's you
0: know and,
1: well i don't i don't mind um actually enjoy, um, enjoy you know, speaking, right? presentations. Yeah. That yeah. I enjoy. Um, and I, when I first started out, I was terrified. I thought, no, I had in my head the, I can't do that. I don't do public speaking. I remember in high school when I had to take a speaking class and it was a disaster and I hated it. <laughs> so I had all that happening in my head. And, um, I just, you know, You've got to, <laughs> you got to, you got to um, make your nut every month. So you get up and do it, and then discover, hey, this is kind of fun. Um, yeah. These people, uh, they actually are learning something from me. They don't know what I know. When you're talking about what you know, you know what you really, really know. It's easy and it's not scary. At least for me
0: and that and i've heard similar comments by the way from from other folks as well who are who would describe themselves as introverts my takeaway has always been this it's if you're an introvert you can do all the same things that other you know extroverts do no issue it's just sometimes you have to do less and so you might have to pick your spots a little bit better and mm. maybe do a little bit less but the activity you do you do 100% and if you do that yeah. It's going to produce results just like it has for you. Um,
1: Yeah, I I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah.
0: The other thing you do, which we haven't talked about yet, is when it comes to business development and marketing, you are not a one-person show by any means. There's so many attorneys take on all the responsibility for their marketing. They'll do it all themselves. They'll write their blogs. They'll go to the events themselves. They'll do everything themselves. But you actually uh, take a team approach, marketing. And I'd love to hear more about how you set that up and and who's involved and what are their roles?
1: Sure. Um, Well, starting in the very beginning, my first um, assistant, the first person I had helping me with my marketing um, was my assistant Ivy, who you're very familiar with. Yeah. And um, Ivy's been working for me for about 10 years now. And um, she was, she was a, Friend of mine, and she said to me one day, "I think I've been thinking about getting a, like a part-time office job." And she just was casually mentioning that, and I said, "Okay, well, um, when can you start?" <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, and I didn't really have a job in mind for her, but we figured it out. And what I really, what I got her started on at that time, I had done, um, I'd been doing some continuing education programs for. CPAs and financial advisors. Those are the two best natural referral sources for an estate planning attorney. And I'd done a big continuing education program, and I needed someone to help me with the follow up because, you know, you do this big extravaganza, and if you don't follow up, you've kind of wasted a lot of time and money. Yeah. And so that was assigned to Ivy because that's a thing. Again, going back to my introversion, that's a thing that I never could have done. You know, that telephone weighs a thousand pounds. And for me to pick it up and call somebody and say, hey, thanks for coming to my boot camp. Uh, would you like to have lunch with me sometime? I would never in a million years be able to do that. But I hired Ivy to do for <laughs> me for and, me. Uh, and that worked out really nicely. So anyway, so Ivy's always helped me with marketing and a lot of She's taken on a lot of different aspects of our marketing, but the core of what she helps me with is all of that relationship stuff. You know, scheduling, you know, I want to have lunch with this person. Can you just get that on the calendar kind of thing? Um, And she's very good at that and keeping me on track and making sure I don't forget about anything. Um, And then, you know, we do, I write Blog posts—that's a team project. Some of them I write, some of them my associate attorney writes, and some of them I have a writer that I pay to write. You know, we come up with the ideas and we outline it for her, and then she runs with it. So that's a, a team effort. Um, same with our newsletter. You know, some of the articles I write, some of them my associate writes. Sometimes we get a guest writer. Um, in our newsletter, um, and then we the big thing that we've um, taken on in the last year um, is our our boot camp, our our um, elder law and advocacy boot camp, and we're just about to step into our second annual. It's going to be in May, and that is truly a team project. We have everybody in the firm has some responsibility there. And we, um, so we've got a, you know, we have brochures, we have postcards, we have.
0: Well, it's a big event. Um, Yeah, it is. The last one received rave reviews. I talked to several people that attended and delighted to hear you are doing it again this year. That's great.
1: Yeah, we are. So um, anyway, so that takes a team effort. And then I, I do have an outside marketing, um, consultant who helps me, um, with strategizing. And also they do some of my background stuff. Like, um, they edit the podcast. They produce the show notes for the podcast. They do a lot of the design of things that go out. Like, you know, if an email blast is going to go out, they'll design it so that it has, you know, photograph in it and it looks nice and it's branded and all that kind of stuff. So I I have a lot of people who help, you know, a lot of people who have little bits of responsibility for the marketing.
0: But that's great because it forces you to have, you know, marketing systems in place. Yeah. And then it frees you up to do the thing that you're best at, which is actually connect with clients and do the estate planning work.
1: Right. And you've got to have a certain amount of continuous marketing that's just going to happen regardless of whether you're actively doing anything about it. You've got to be able to have these things happening because somebody else has got their eye on the ball. So, you know, the blog posts are going to get posted and you cannot stop marketing.
0: Right. And as you mentioned, 100% of the marketing cannot be dependent upon the attorney.
1: No, I don't. Think that's really workable? Um, At least not for me. I I I don't have enough time to do all of that Um, because, as you say, I'm a lawyer too. (laughs) I have clients and I have (laughs) I got work on my desk. So, um, and I enjoy that part of my job. I don't want to do nothing but marketing.
0: Yeah, and having it's
1: not a good use of you know it's not a good use of the attorney's time either. There are plenty of marketing tasks that can be done by, you know, a $20 an hour person.
0: Bingo. And with that time, you can sharpen your saw, go to some CLE, you know, learn yeah. some really special skills and, and uh, do yep. what you do best. Well, you're doing things differently than, than most uh, small law firms and the results are showing. You're, you're definitely growing and um, you have a terrific reputation and you're doing very sophisticated work throughout the state of California, so that's fantastic. You know, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably just getting into business development. So um, for people like that, who are just starting to dip their toe in the water or who are realizing that they need to get really serious about business development, what advice would you give them?
1: I would say um, it's the first step is going to be what, you know, what are the, clients I'm going after and how, who is likely, where am I likely to get those? I think you have to, you know, I just mentioned a few minutes ago that the best referral sources for me for the estate planning side of my practice are financial advisors, because they're always telling their clients, you have to have an estate plan, yes. a fundamental component of financial advice. You have to have an estate plan. So they, those guys are great for me and cpas are great for me so okay if those are good referral sources how do i get how do i get to those people how do i get to know them how do i get them paying attention to me how do i get them to remember me so i think you have to figure out who are your clients and where are they going to come from um put it that way
0: it sounds so simple
1: well (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> it does, but you know, and that is simple what's not well what's not easy is the implementation that's you know we've we've all got lots of brilliant ideas, but the, the implementation is where we tend to get bogged down and so my second bit of advice for a beginner is um <sighs> I did this myself. I just hired a part-time marketing assistant. I was telling you about when, how Ivy first started working for me. Um, I think when she started working for me, it was like 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And and we just made it up as we went along, but she was very valuable in terms of getting me to get things done. You know, I, there were things that I knew needed to be done And I also knew that I wasn't going to do them. And having her help me get those things done was really um, critical. It made a really huge difference, I would say. I think that's one of the best marketing decisions I ever made.
0: Yeah, getting that marketing assistant and getting a good one and then hanging on to her.
1: (laughs) Well, there's that. And that that whole thing has changed dramatically since when I was – Hiring her 10 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, plenty of people were looking for jobs. (laughs) Nowadays, not quite so easy. But, you know, if you're looking for something to start out part time, it could be a college student. It could be um, a stay at home mom who just has, uh, you know, two or three hours a day and that's it, you know, because the kids are in kindergarten. Um, There's plenty. You can find it. You can find it. It could be somebody virtual, you know. It doesn't have to necessarily be someone who can come into your office and sit at your desk.
0: So. Yeah, it really doesn't. And if you're willing to be a few hours and being flexible on things like location, maybe even being flexible on things like uh, work experience,
1: yeah, you yeah. Can really find Depending, you know, yeah, exactly. When you're just starting out, the kinds of tasks that could be really helpful to you they may not be that complex and they may not require a whole lot of training. It just requires someone who's going to actually do it because you're not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh,
0: You're going to do it and do it right. So you don't have to worry about it.
1: Worry about it. Yeah. That's right.
0: And you've taken that approach and grown a really nice team and you're doing some very sophisticated work. So Kirsten, congratulations on all the success you've had over at Absolute Trust Council. Thank you. Um, as you look, uh, as you look to the future, you have a lot of things going on. So what really excites you about Absolute Trust Council?
1: Well, I, I'm just going to go back to what I was talking about a little earlier. We have our second annual boot camp coming up and it was so much fun and it was so successful. Um, just in terms of how we pulled it off, it really was move all the participants had a great time as far as i can tell and my i'm just so proud and excited about my team is really what it comes down to because um, i couldn't do any of this without them and right now i have just the best team i could hope for um and as an employer you can't always say that um you know, employees come and go. And sometimes you're going to lose somebody who's really great. But right now I have a really great team and I'm just very thrilled about them and about <laughs> that event that we've got coming up.
0: You know, in uh, in today's economy, in the Bay Area, if you have a great team that you're really happy with, that is fantastic. And I can't wait to see um, what this summit is going to be like this year because last year really knocked it out of the park. Interested to see what you guys have planned for the sequel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we've got to do something really uh, even even bigger and better, I suppose. Keep people coming back for more.
0: (laughs) And Kirsten, if they want to find out more uh, about the event, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: They can go to our website, which is absolutetrustcouncil.com. And they should be able to find out about it. And you can also call us. Uh, you know, we're happy to answer questions. There's plenty of room for people to attend and we're giving out continuing education credits to folks in the long-term care professions. Our phone number is 925-943-2740.
0: Fantastic, Kirsten. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and thank you for being a guest on Lawyer Business Advantage today.
1: Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I enjoyed it.
0: And that's a wrap. To get more episodes, webinars, and free stuff, visit LawyerBusinessAdvantage.com. My name is Alay Yajnik. Thank you for listening. And remember, there is a rainmaker inside everyone, including you.